Okay, Tov, we continue studying the Sefer beyond Darkecha, and we're discussing the Avoda of Rosh Hashanah. And today's uh, lesson will focus specifically on the Avoda of the second day of Rosh Hashanah. Because there's a certain feeling that many of, of us have that it seems like it's just repeating what we did on the first day. There isn't much different. First day, second day, some of the piyutim, some of the songs are different. Pretty much the same routine. So it's just a review, and it's hard for us to get psyched up for it. First day, wow, it's amazing. Second day, it's a repeat. So what do you mean? Did I not do a good enough job on the first day? Did I got to do it again. Even in Eretz Yisrael, they do two days. Now, of course, today, this year will be a little different since the first day of Shabbos, so we're not blowing the shofar. So at least we got shofar on the second day. So that may give something a little interest more than the first day. But still in all, most of the times, it doesn't start on a Shabbos. So it seems to be a complete repeat. So the question is, what should we be thinking about? And what, what is the purpose of having a second day of Rosh Hashanah? So the, the, the Holy Svarim write, we're going to give you the, the kernel, and then we'll develop it. That on the first day, our avoda is avoda panemius, the inner core avoda. And the second day, the insight is the avoda on the chitsonius, on the external. So let's explain. Panemius, inner avoda, is the heart, the mind, what you want inside, chitzonios, external, are the actions that you actually do. So the avoda of the first day is to acquire a new light inside your heart and mind. And the second day we're adding to that is to acquire the light in action. Now, of course, you're going to ask, wait a minute, you're doing action on both days. So how do we say this answer? And, uh, and more than that, it, let, forget about that question. Shouldn't we always start with the actions and then afterwards the, the chitzonis and then after the panemius? Because that's how you usually build a structure properly. Let's say a child. A young child, what do you do first? You train him. Get him used to doing the actions, even though he doesn't understand why he's doing it. And as time passes... He'll understand the deeper insight. He puts scissors on. He doesn't know why. Just put them on. And then we'll explain it to him. Ah, but here we're doing the opposite. And what would that be an example of? Let's say what we have a Tinok Shanishba, a Jewish child who didn't know he's Jewish. And now all of a sudden he's 20 years old and now he realizes he's Jewish. So with that type of a person, you can't just force him to do something. So you got to start with the inner understanding, arouse his heart to serve Hashem. Once that is deep inside his feelings, then he has the truth. Then he can start working on the external and then he'll begin to keep the Torah, even in externally. And let's explain it regarding Rosh Hashanah specifically. And the truth is there are really are three steps. Let's listen well to the three steps. Step number one is first the external, without any internal feelings, and uh, and that like a child, okay. You just 
I don't really understand. We're like a child. That's step one. Agreed. Step two is developing the inner feelings that comes after the doing. And now I understand things and it gets rooted. And then after I've got that inner core comes a third level where we merit to work again externally, but as a result of the internal feelings. In other words, in the first step where we're doing things externally, why am I doing it? I don't even understand it. You know why? You're accepting the yoke of God. You're accepting God as your king. You do it. I don't under, You just do it. Now, once you now have an understanding of the inner depth of it, now the next time I do the external action, it's on a higher level because I have more feelings and understanding. And now I'm doing the actions out of a desire to do it. So it comes out in the beginning, the external actions are done without your heart. But now the more you understand it with the internal understanding, it influences your external actions and the external actions will be on a higher level uh, and it's much stronger felt while you're doing it. It's like bursting forth from your desires. If I, if I ask you something and you're doing it because I'm telling you to do it, you'll do it. But if you really understand what's so important about it, then you'll get excited about doing it. And this is what we talk about, the external of the second day of Rosh Hashanah. Not a simple external, just accepting the yoke of Hashem, but an external that's connected to the internal, an external that is a ramification of the strong, deep inner feelings. And that external is being drawn from a pleasure of the internal understanding. The more a person understands how good it is to serve Hashem, and the avoda is sweet, the outside reflect actions reflect that. And that's the avoda on the second day, that we should have this inner feeling penetrate so much more and more with such an internal recognition that it's just something that's bursting forth from us. And that it's something I want to do. And we, it's something that we only want to do the good and we're repulsed by the bad. And the avoda, therefore, is to have the inner desire get so strong and to feel how good it is to coronate the king until you can even externally feel it with the actions. So he explains a little more. So therefore, what's the avoda of the second day is to have the light penetrate so far that it impacts even on the body. The body wants to do it. The body wants to reveal the unity of Hashem. When he has that deep feeling, not just uh, uh, not just intellectually that it's a good thing, but it's something he mamish physically wants. So it's not a rep, today's second day's avoda, it's not a repetition of first day. On the second day, all the prayers, all the feelings of coronating Hashem are with a greater inner desire that it influences the body to mamish want to do the will of Hashem from the greater inner understanding that's going on over here. So, footnote, footnote, hey, hey, kind of summarizes this. So he's saying the second day as an extra aspect. And that second day, a perfection of the inner flow enters 
the inner part of the person. And we have this expression, yeah? Is there something to do? I mean, this is a Minava, I don't know, but this is what we do. We don't wear anything new on first day. We wear new clothes on second day. Anything to do with that? Very interesting insight you're sharing with us. Very interesting, Shlomo. First, I'll tell you the halachic reason behind it, but I think you're touching on a very good idea. The halacha is, on, on the second day, we make again shechiyanu yeah. on the yontif, make a shechiyanu blowing in the shofar, a second shechiyanu. It's a whole complicated halachic discussion, why should you do it? You already did it on the first day. And it's not a question that we're not sure what day is Roshan, it's like the two days is one long day. So it's big shilas, if we indeed say shechiyanu, so to avoid the shaila, we wear something new on the second day. So now I have to make a bracha on that new thing. But now you're saying very good. This is your portion of Torah that you are bringing into the world, Shlomo. That's the halachic aspect. But behind the halacha, there's a deeper understanding. So what is this? On the first day, I said a shechiyanu, because I was doing it externally. But this time, I'm saying Shechiyanu because I'm doing it internally. It's not the same doing. It's a whole different doing. So now how do we how do we reflect this? It's with the new clothing, because a clothing is a garment of the soul. It's just reflective of a garment, of an external. So yeah, I had a nice suit for the first day of Rosh Hashanah, but it was an old suit. It's a suit, yeah, it shows, and it's your to have to be dressed up. But now I want the external to be new and fresh. And when something, you have a new suit, you have to feel much better when you have a new suit, don't you? So it's like, I have a new spiritual suit that I'm putting on, because the external is not beautiful, beautiful, <laughs> unbelievable. Got to say this over sometime over young to it's a, that this custom, of, you know, it's a, there's a halachic bearing, mitzad halacha, because I'm not sure do I say shechiyon or not. So, you know, but now you understand why. Now, technically, it could be a new fruit. Could be a new fruit. Um, could have that as well. So we'd have to say maybe the same thing with the new fruit. You know, it's like I'm eating something that's brand new and that's special. But I, 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 I like this idea of on the garment. It's the externals for making the Shekhyanu. Because really they say, well, listen, Shekhyanu goes on the Yontif. So even if it's going on the, Shech, the Yontif, well, the first day of Yontif, this is where the two days of Yontif are totally different than, let's say, two days of Pesach. It's going, I'm not sure which is the first day. First day of Yontif, yes, we, we came to this time to externally crown Hashem. But tomorrow, the second day, it's a whole different external crowning of Hashem. It's coming from an inner yeah. desire that's fresh yeah, and new. And that's Shechayonu. That's the second point. Well, you'll be giving uh, to us also. I hope so. I hope so. Anyway, but that's a tremendous idea. So let's come back. Let's go back to footnote Pehe. There's an idea of a relationship called Panim, face to face, and Achor, back to back. So, on the first day, the relationship is back-to-back. On the second day, it's face-to-face. Why? 
Because back-to-back means serving without excitement. You don't feel it being so sweet. Okay, I have to do it. So it's not like, I'll do it, but, you know, you're there, I'm here. I don't have to be facing you. I do it for the Muna. I do it for the Muna. I, I, I do it, I don't really understand. I don't know what, what's so special about it. So back is, represents the difficulty. It's a lack of feeling. If you really love someone, you're looking straight at them, right? If you're doing it because you're supposed to, you don't have to look straight at them. Face is your mom is feeling the pleasure of the service. Your mom is feeling connected and, and, and success. So the avoda always has to start, all avoda Hashem always starts with the back. Because I do it because I'm told to do it. You always have to start, I'm going to do it no matter what, even if I don't feel nothing. But we want to reach a stage of cleaving to the unity of Hashem with a recognition of the true reality in his kingdom. Yes, without any feelings. Yes, that's true. And therefore, the, uh, on the second day, on the, uh, the first day, our avoda is to work on our panemius. That we want to live with the yichud, even, even if I don't feel it. And that's called, as the Kabbalah says, the first day is called dinya kosha, the hard judgment. Because it's hard to serve Hashem without feeling the sweetness. So yes, I work, we do the action, and I'm working on myself. I'm doing it even though I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm showing my amuna. On the second day, we want to be able to face HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You want the service to shine. And everything's done with that understanding. And your mom is delighting with it. And now your mom is facing Hashem internally. Where your mom is enjoying the light. And that will affect the externals. And therefore, when the two avodas are done on the second day, they're connected with each other. You have the primary avoda, which is to understand deeper the closeness until it affects the external, until it's mamish face-to-face. So what, what, what's coming out from this is, uh, and therefore, the prayers on the first day we have to think about in our mind and to get our heart excited to accept the yoke of heaven and reveal the unity of Hashem. We're going to do it, but I don't necessarily feel it all. But I'll accept it. I'm, I'm happy to accept it, even though I don't really feel that much. The second is to go deeper. To have It's so good to serve Hashem. This is so amazing. That now it reflects my actions. And now you only want to do that which Hashem likes. And you're totally repulsed by things that are evil. And he gives in Pevav a very beautiful example. You're going to say, well, this is hard for me to understand. So let's make it understandable. A proper person, a good mention, will be disgusted and repulsed by certain things. For example, here, here's a gun, go shoot him. And, and you won't go to jail. I, I, it's, it's disgusting, take a person's life. I, I don't wanna do that, right? And steal from the guy. We're talking about normal people here. It's disgusting. Now, 
what about something that uh, really you, you wouldn't mind doing it? You know, it's whatever. Say some Lashon Hara. But you know, Hashem doesn't want you to do it. So now, if you know Hashem doesn't want you to do it, you are repulsed. The things that Hashem hates, you hate. That's when you realize you're reaching a state that if Hashem doesn't like it, it's disgusting for me. Now, of course, there's things that we like. You like a good dessert, yeah? It's good. You like the skirt steaks, it's good. But do you really like what Hashem likes? So our vote is to like Hashem, what Hashem likes more than skirt steaks. So, so we, all, we all understand that. We understand there's things we're repulsed by we would never do. Ugh, it's disgusting. For me, frankly, I would not be interested in having a homosexual relationship. It's disgusting. Okay. But is it the same thing? Does a person think it's that disgusting to look at a pretty lady? They say, Hashem thinks it's disgusting. Oh, then it's disgusting for me too. And that's that second level. If you really are appreciating that it's such a privilege to serve Hashem, and if I'm bottled to Hashem, that means I want only what Hashem wants. First time, it's just, okay, I'll do what Hashem wants, but I'm not excited about it. I'm doing it. I'm coronating the king. I got problems. It wasn't such a good year. It's not easy for me to coordinate. And I got a lot of questions. But okay, you don't ask any questions. You just do it. And from an inner feeling, that, that's the thing you're supposed to do. And you have to be mavato yourself. But not necessarily you're that happy. So now we want to be able to, to get deeper. This is, this is the only thing I want. And that's a deeper inner work. And that makes the outer work the really beautiful result of your deepest inner desires. And that's the Shechiyonu of the second day. Unbelievable. So on the second day, we rise higher, where we coordinate Hashem in the external way with a Geshmak. And so what's the avod of the second day? Is to strengthen the recognition of God's reality and unity and to realize He's the only good until that truth goes penetrating mamish into our body to want spirituality, to want the kingdom of Hashem, to be the tool that sanctifies Hashem and brings it all together. And that's the perfection that the light has succeeded to go even down into the body. And you mamish feel it in your bones. Such a feeling. So at the first day, I'm doing it. And we said what thoughts you have. Yeah, but it's it's hard for me to feel it. It's hard for me to believe it. But the second day just keep pounding away till the mamish gets in. And now the way it reflects is you're going to listen better on the second day. You're going to be happier on the second day. And, and the last thing you say is, let's put it this way. Let's say, you know, you're a kid. Okay, kid does not like eating vegetables. Your parents says you gotta eat vegetables, it's healthy. Okay, parents the boss, you got a choice. But I want dessert. No dessert till you eat your vegetables. Okay, that's the rule. Say eat the vegetables. Okay, then I get the dessert. Fine. What if the kid really believes that the vegetable 
is ice cream. Then he's going to love the vegetables. If somehow the parent can get the kid to believe that vegetables are better than ice cream, he's going to gobble up the vegetables. You follow? So that's the avoda. Is yeah okay? You know, serving Hashem it's healthy for you. But it's like vegetables. Okay, I got to do it. You know, I want to have a good year. I want to get dessert. I want to have a good year. So okay, I'll eat my vegetables. I'll, I'll coronate Hashem. And I know, I know, I know it's healthy for me. I know it's healthy for me. And at the end of the day, I know it's the right thing to do. But geschmack, it isn't. But to really feel a geschmack out of it, that means you really are so, that mom's giving me the best life. I'm the, my health is so amazing. I'll never get sick again, blah, 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 blah. So the same thing you have to feel about a shem in that way. And with this fear, uh, blowing off your fire also on the second day. So, okay, so it makes it easier but everything else is the same. All the davening is the same. Remember, the coronation of Hashem is done with or without a shofar. The avod is to coronate Hashem. That's done with or without a shofar. So shofar, good. So for those 10 minutes of blowing shofar, oh, that's doing exciting. What about the rest of the davening? Same old, same old, same old. It's a problem. Now, he brings in footnote page I in the words of the Zohar. We already brought, but now we're going to explain it again a little deeper. The Zohar is the one that says that the first day is called Dina Kasha, is the harsh judgment. The second day is called the Dina Rafia, which is the weaker judgment. Yeah? This is between man and God, right? What? This is between man and humans and God, right? The judgment is between. Well, it's between us and God, the Jewish people and God. We'll, we'll see. And the Yom Kippur is between man and men. No, 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 no. It's okay. We'll, we'll see Yom Kippur more later. Okay. So now, why is the first day called the harsh judgment? Second day is called the soft judgment. And there's another idea. The first day is a judgment for our spiritual growth. Second day is for our physical growth. First day, Hashem's going to decide how how much Torah you're going to learn this year, how much uh, how your meetups are going to develop. How much uh, the kind of friends you have that will make you better people. That's all spiritual. Second day, it's the physical. So, so we have to explain. So why on the first day are we judging on the spirituality? The answer is because since on the first day, the avoda is the panemius. Remember, we're working on the internal, to develop the internal. So therefore, what are we being judged on? Ruchnius. Spirituality is the internal, isn't it? Yes, we did something external, not with a lot of feeling. The main goal after the first day is to internalize. I really, by the end of that first day, man, I feel it. By the end of the day. So that's God's going to judge us on our spiritual feeling. But on the second day, we want to go to a level that our actions are screaming out how much we love what we're doing. To reach a level that now we're going to ask for our external needs. Because that's what we're doing externally. And now the external things isn't something that contradicts the kingdom of Hashem. But it's a tool to reach Hashem in a greater way. That you can appreciate Hashem even in the lowest of places. So I'm going to talk more about it tonight's Parsha class. It's going to dovetail this beautifully 
So now you understand why the first day is called a dina kosha, a hard judgment. Because on the first day, we're nullifying the physical world and we don't relate to it. We're just in the mindset. Okay, and it's kosher because I can't really use and enjoy this world. It's hard. It's hard for me to think spiritually. Okay, I'm, I'm, I have to be more spiritual, more spiritual, more spiritual. That's hard. And the second day, it's a softer judgment because we already got past that part. And now we understand the unity of Hashem and all the physical things in the world are, are a con containment of God <coughs> and it reveals everything's from Hashem. And Eod Melvado, and I want to do it. So it's an easier judgment. So the difficult judgment is where your mind is really. But once you've got that point, that's really the first day. But in other words, it evolves. We're starting the day with a lot of actions that don't have a lot of depth. But we keep going and we keep going. And by the end of the first day, we really want to get to a point where I really get this. So now I'd like to do it a second time. What is that to remind you of which a secular movie? Groundhog Day. A movie where the guy, you know, uh, didn't do things so good, and then he wakes up the next morning, it's the same day again. And so what's going on? It's the same day again. And and it, same situations come. So what, what's going on? Makes the same mistakes. He gets up the next morning, same day again. So really, I mean, I don't want to compare the two, but from a secular point of view, we'd say that the second day of Rosh Hashanah is the second Groundhog Day. Hashem says, okay, well, we're going to do the same thing again. Everything's the same. But I want to know if you have a deeper connection to it. That's the idea. And therefore, uh, yeah... Uh, therefore, it comes out the avod of the second day is to strengthen our recognition of the yichud of Hashem, that it's only good, and it penetrates to the body to do things that are only that which Hashem wants to do, to enjoy your vegetables that you're eating. That's what Rosh means. Okay, we got a couple minutes, so we're going to go to the fourth and final chapter that will need a little bit more than one lesson, I think. And now we're going to go to the last point on Rosh Hashanah. And that is, what is the inner understanding of the various customs of Rosh Hashanah? Now, what are some of the customs of Rosh Hashanah? Well, one of the customs is we go to Tashlich. We cast away our sins. This year will not be on the first day. It's on the second day. There's another custom by the Kaddish. We come to the last line. You don't say Ose Shalom, we say Ose Ha Shalom. That's such a custom. And as a third custom, uh, with many people, but not in our shul, but many, is between Yishtabach and the Kaddish and Borchu, we say Shir Hamalos. Okay. And then the other idea that we pray for physical things. And the final idea is visiting the graves of tzaddikim before Rosh Hashanah. So what's the real concept behind this? So let's just start over here. The Ramah writes, he says, the custom is to go to a river and say the Pasuk in Tehillim, 
cast uh, all our sins into the depths of the sea. That's what the Ramon Paskins, and it's based, you know, and the Shar Kavonos says the same thing, the custom that Ashkenazim, that's Svarda Moses, no? But he says the custom of Ashkenazim to go on the first day of Rosh Hashanah after Mincha, a little bit before the sun sets, to go next to Yam Gadol, a big sea, or at least a spring, or some kind of water, and we read the Pasuk of Tashlich, he says a good minute, and it's better if you go outside the city. You can go outside the city and stand by the banks of the sea or whatever, the well or whatever, and you read three psukim. Mi kel kamocha, those psukim from the Sefer Micha, because those are what we call the other version of the 13 attributes. So this is where we got the custom. There's a number of points now. It's a custom to leave the city if possible. Well, it's not always possible to do that. And remember, on the other you can like go to the outskirts. Well, you're going out of the warehouse. Let's you go to the forest, wherever. So I don't know how we would do that over here because the nearest place would be like Lake Ontario, <laughs> Lake Simcoe. So how, but that, but okay, we can't do that. But in the olden days, it was much easier because you were not so far away from little. What about the Eden? Okay, so it can't be that far away. You can go outside the city one kilometer. It's a one kilometer outside the city. And to say these psukim. So you have to understand what's unique, first of all. First question is, we're going out of the city just to say a pasuk? We go to a, a well or a river or a lake. Does that take time? Now, this is a very serious day. Every minute of Rosh Hashanah is really important. You don't want to waste time at Rosh Hashanah. It's a lot of not to waste time. Now, for many of us, to go to Tashlach, it's quite a walk. It's quite a walk. Could take you 20 minutes, a half an hour. There, back, at Tashlach. Don't we have a better use of our time than just a custom? Wouldn't it be better say to Helin, learn Rabbi Yonah, do tshuva? So a lot better things you can be doing with your time. So that's a wonder. And why, what's unique about these psukim? Why can't we just say it in shul? Shul's a holy place. Why not? But we know that these psukim of mi kel kamocha that ends v'tashlech bim yam are the second version of the 13 attributes of mercy. There's two versions. The one of Hashem Hashem Kalrachum Vachanu. That's one level. And there's another level of Mikamocha. It's it's how Hashem deals with us in a deeper level of Rachami that we should emulate. And these Psukim reveal the great desire that we have for Hashem. To the point of Mesiris Nefesh beyond all intellect. And therefore, after all the davening is over, and after all the blowing of shofar is over, and all the spirituality that we got by being in shul, now we act in a very simple way. We just go to the water, 
we say these psukim and to have kavana on a simple way we're going out but what are we doing what are we really throwing away we're throwing away our seichel and we're beginning to start like a new child who asks with simplicity it's a new year. It's a new start. We're going to start with all the old emotional sunburn that we have. All the fears, all the trepidations, all the uh, a priori uh, wealth and charms that we have. We want to start new on a newer level. Because we know that the mercy of Hashem is endless. And the more we merit to achieve, it's still nothing compared to what's there. So even though we've merited a bit, in the shul. But now we go outside and we scream out to Hashem and we like give ourselves over, we nullify ourselves completely and we say we don't understand anything. We don't understand anything. And we start with simplicity. And that's with Tashlich. We say, I'm throwing away my old understandings. And Hashem should have mercy on us and conduct with us with the 13 higher attributes of mercy, which is beyond what any justice would suggest. That's what we're asking Hashem. And the main way you do that is with simple faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that we come with simplicity and then Hashem will be aroused to have faith in us as well and will give us what we want. Okay, there's more to discuss. We haven't finished it. We have to discuss why we go out of the city and other things, which will continue tomorrow, the mute session.